Yak Shamash, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. This is Jay Kokorowski coming to you live from Madison, Wisconsin. Got the Polish rifle Scott Wesniewski coming up. We will, of course, uh, preview Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers. That big matchup starting off the NFL season for you cheese heads out there. We'll talk about the James Jones signing. We'll talk about the keys to the game and, and what Jones means to the Packers further in the season. We'll also, of course, talk about and we'll recap the Wisconsin Badgers, the loss to Alabama, the 35-17 loss. I was down there in Dallas covering the game, and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Also, uh, we'll, we'll look ahead to the Miami of Ohio. But let me just say uh, some news. If you guys haven't seen our Twitter, if you haven't seen uh, other reporters that cover the Badgers, like Jeff Petrikas, Jesse Temple, uh, it appears senior safety Mike Caputo, and this is kind of breaking news, that Mike Caputo is expected to play, or at least that's according to defensive coordinator Dave Aranda. And uh, he expects him to go. He, Mike Caputo is still undergoing concussion protocol. So that's the big thing right there is that he still has to be cleared by doctors, but it appears he's progressing towards a path that he will be in the lineup. And, and Caputo did admit that uh, he's feeling good, but he does have to pass the protocol. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll actually play that. We're going to start that off right away. Uh, before we get any further. So uh, as I wait for the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski, here is the audio from Mike Caputo talking about his injury and and moving forward. And uh, we'll see if he's in the lineup, but we'll talk more in just a second, guys. Here's senior safety Mike Caputo. Or, you know, in the past, Mm -hmm. with any injury, they say, you're clear to go if you feel okay. If you feel like you can go, you can go. And that's where the trust is there with the medical, the medical staff here. And, you know, I, I really wanted to go, but I'm a, you know, I, I like to compete, and I didn't want to let the, you know, the guys down on the team and all that stuff. And, you know, I kind of had the moment get the best of me at the time, and I wanted to go back in the game. Um, but deep down, as soon as I kind of let that frustration kind of, you know, pass over after the immediate, you know, like, yeah, you're probably not going to return in this game. We're going to pull you. Uh, after that immediate kind of frustration, I, uh, I kind of, you know, got my, kind of realized that, yeah, it's probably wise that I'll go back in this game. That's, you know, that's why I really trust and get along with the medical staff here, because they're always in for my best interest. So, and it definitely was a good, a good decision to pull me. If you've seen the video, you would understand. <laughs> What's your gut feeling right now um, on whether you whether you'll play? I know it depends on, you know, how tomorrow goes, but said sometimes it's up to how you feel. Yeah. Um, feeling right now? So right now, uh, I feel good. Uh, I'm going to go continue to go through the concussion protocol. Uh, right now, I feel really good. And, you know, as of now, I think that uh, I'll suit up, definitely suit up. But uh, like I said, I'm going to communicate with the doctors. If uh, they think it's wise for me to go based on test scores and based on, you know, I fill out, you know, basically these charts on how I feel. Um, they think it's wise for me to go, and they give me the green light. You know, I'll suit up and I'll I'll uh, get in for a couple plays or get in for the game or whatever. Have you had concussions before that you're you know of? I mean, well, I mean, and I don't know if now. I guess not. I mean, I've read a lot. I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of you know, personal research. You know, it depends on what you mean by concussion. Like, there's so many people have definitions. Like, you know, there are some 
people who say concussions are, you know, if you lose, you know, any sort of, you know, vision, you know, you get a ring in your head, it doesn't have to be loss of consciousness. It, it could be something simple, it could be something. And then there's some people who are more on the, you know, the hard-nosed side, I would, you know, you know want to say. Or like, yeah, you have to lose consciousness for like, you know, three seconds, to be like out, like out cold. But, so, I mean, you know, it depends on what you mean by, by concussion. There's a lot of people with a lot of different definitions, you know. I mean, I have two diagnosed, um, and they haven't happened, you know, back-to-back -back at all. They have been completely separate, you know. So, I feel like I fully recovered from them because of the way I, because of the, you know, the hot the high-tech stuff we have at Wisconsin and the approach to it and the protocol after and all that stuff. So it's um, so the two diagnoses, the, I only think, yeah, I mean, I've approached them you know, with caution and I'll be fine. Is this number three then? Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, they don't even know what to call this one because, you know, I, I really experienced the experience, the, extent, the symptoms that I experienced were not of the standard of what, you know, let's just say, um, our medical board would call a, a concussion, you know, so uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm just going through the concussion protocol just to make sure. Sure. How close would you say, or how close have you followed the Chris Bowman story? A little bit, not not too much. I mean, I, I, Chris is one of my buddies, and I talk to him quite often, but I don't really, uh, I mean, I kind of have, you know, I'm sorry, I kind of, yeah, I and mean, I follow a little bit, I guess. He didn't reach out to you at all, did he after that? He did not. Mike, you said that the symptoms you experienced, kind of even what they would normally anticipate after concussion. Can you share some of the symptoms before other than being upset that you're Well, most, yeah, most definitions of a concussion, uh, they say, like, you know, you have to have, uh, I mean, there's a long list. Yeah. There's, like, 50 things. If you have, like, any sort of number of them, they mm -hmm. say you may have a um, but, you know, to, I mean, there would be like, you know, sensitivity to light, sensitivity to noise. Headache. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's a big one. Headache, uh, like nausea, weakness, fatigue, feeling blue, you know, there's a bunch of them. I'm not saying I've, I've, I'm not saying I had any of those, but I'm just saying that uh, those are, there's a long list, you know, and you get to be true on how you mark them, and, mm -hmm. you know, they'll get the right diagnosis for, for that, but... I mean, the true, yeah, I mean, I think a true look inside with like a CT scan would definitely be the ultimate thing, but it ultimately is how you feel, you know, like that's that's one of the main things that told me. So what was your main symptom from the hip? Um, Did you your neck? Well, that's the thing, yeah, so I was just concerned more with the fact that, you know, I knew that something was wrong, mm -hmm. and uh, there was more of like a, 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 you know, that I just knew that something was wrong. I took sure. a big hit. You know, I was alert to the problem, and I was like, okay, you know, it's, you know, this is an issue I need to get checked out. You know, it's just more like a, I don't know, like a body thing. It's more like that was what they did. You should probably get checked out. Now, even though you couldn't do anything on the field, you could give help off the field. How do you talk about the discussions you had with Dakota and what you saw out of his performance? Yeah, no, I thought the, the I thought the DBs and the state, the defense in general played really well for having that be. The game it was, you know, Alabama was a great team, you know, we played, I thought we played them really well, you know, there's a lot of things we could have worked on, um, and I thought they, 
I thought Dakota did a really nice job of, uh, you know, being the next man in sort of mentality. And I've always preached that to him, uh, just going through camp. You know, I was always like, hey, man, like, just think. Like, if someone goes down, like, you're number two. It doesn't mean you can, like, slack off, take any plays off. You have to know what's going on the entire time. So, you know, and then the case came up where I went down, Dakota stepped in, he did a nice job. Just trying to coach him and keep him calm the entire time. So he does, you know, he's first really game starting, you know, at his position. So I was really trying to uh, just coach him through that, just be there for him as, like, a mentor and just to, you know, just to be there for him, you know. When you look at some of those big plays that happened, did it, were you on the sideline thinking, gosh, I was in there, those, those things well, were happening? Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks that, you know, but that's just me being, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I, me being a player I am, I really wanted to be in there, but I just knew it wasn't wise to be in there. I mean, I just, I really wanted to go make that play. I really, you know what I'm saying? I just, me being, you know, that's just how I was thinking, but, you know, I knew the guys could, uh, could handle it, but um, some of the big plays, I was just like, you know, more like a encouragement. Like, come on, guys, like, you got to make sure you watch out for that. You know, don't let them do it again. You know, learn from the mistakes, that type of deal. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Guys, that was Wisconsin senior safety Mike Caputo. And we're going to try to get the Polish rifle back on. If not, we'll abbreviate the show. We're actually, we'll have. Play some audio. We got uh, defensive coordinator Dave Randall playing. Just give me about five minutes. We'll detail that uh, along with Vince Beagle, Dakota Dixon, uh, who's he's only in his second year, but he's already uh, becoming one of my favorite interviews. Just to talk with him, you'll hear about uh, what he refers to as Christmas presents. So uh, as we wait for the Polish rifle, let's uh, if he doesn't come on, it's okay. We'll we'll save the preview for the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears for another time later this week. But let's just let's, let's break down real quick about the Wisconsin Badgers' loss. We'll look ahead uh, to them taking on the Miami of Ohio uh, Red Hawks, uh, which will be the first meeting, actually. And let's just talk real quick about that. It is a 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, you are looking at, uh, it'll be uh, from what it sounds like on ESPNU. And uh, you also, of course, have the Badger Radio Network for those uh, here in state and It'll be an interesting matchup. It'll be a good wake-up call for Wisconsin in terms of being able to uh, right the wrong uh, and, and some of the mistakes that they made. You heard a lot of talk between Joe Schobert and and Paul Christie earlier this week along uh, with, uh, you'll hear from Vince Beagle right now, that everything is going to be correctable on film. And uh, you're looking at the fact that they're talking about gap assignments, you're talking containment you're talking uh, along with those gap assignments and the missed tackles those all can be corrected on film and, and during practice so and you obviously you're not facing Alabama which is now the number you know for, according to one poll the number two poll uh, the number two team I should say in the nation so we'll see if the uh, bad you know see how well they do there and obviously the the Miami Ohio they run more of a spread look uh, we'll see how much of a look uh, you'll you'll hear what Dakota Dixon has to say about that. It's a uh, and Dave Aranda in a separate file that uh, maybe we'll put up on another episode this week referred uh, to as a vertical passing game for Miami of Ohio. So we'll see how the Badgers react to that. But this, let's do a quick recap of the game uh, that you saw Saturday, 35-17, and Badgers lose. Uh, obviously, more of a lopsided loss. The Badgers give up 502 yards 
total to the Crimson Tide, 143 yards for junior running back Derrick Henry, 238 yards rushing altogether for that Alabama offense, which looked impressive. Jay Coker threw for over 200 yards, had himself a touchdown. Uh, you saw that the the missed uh, tackles, Connor Sheehy, Leo Musso missed a couple tackles on those big touchdown runs of 30, 37 and 56 yards. But you also had to miss gap assignments where there's no one there to help Connor on that, where he fought through two linemen, but there's no one there to help uh, help him out. And, and Henry just had a a very easy touchdown after that, after breaking through that line of scrimmage. Uh, you also there's some track tackling wolves in that 43-yard touchdown scamper by senior running back uh, for, for uh, whatchamacallit, uh, from Kenyon Drake, the senior for the Alabama Crimson Tide. But uh, outside of that, uh, let's talk some good news. Uh, you look at the fact that the Badger, you saw Joel Stave, the senior walk-on, having that a bit, a former walk-on now, uh, passing for over 220 20 yards, 228 to be exact, two touchdown passes, 26 to 39, which is about a 67, 66-67% uh, completion percentage. Alex Erickson, 73 yards uh, and a touchdown. Robert Wheelwright had a nice touchdown as well. Uh, one bad note, obviously, the Badgers' offense getting manhandled uh, in terms of the offensive line, which it's a tough test going up against the best front seven in the nation, and they didn't get much movement. Paul Chris noted that in his press conference on Monday, referring to the fact that the Badgers, did, uh, the pad level maybe was a little bit high. They didn't get the movement that they wanted to. Uh, and obviously, like you said, you're going up against some All-Americans uh, with, with uh, Sean Robinson. You have Jonathan Allen, who could, should be all SEC. He had two sacks on the afternoon, on the evening, I should say. But you saw Reggie Ragland, the linebacker, uh, tally up some nice tackles. You're looking at 12 to be exact. Uh, and it, it, it's a definitely a good uh, litmus test for the Badgers as a program, but also as uh, for this season where they need to improve. And when you, you're starting three new offensive linemen, it's very rough. And you don't get any turnovers, so they didn't force any turnovers, uh, which was key, one of my keys to the game. Uh, field position they're actually okay on. Yeah, you're looking at that. Uh, let me just take a look at the quick stats here. Uh, but you had the fact that uh, J.K. Scott, that awesome Punter, as a true freshman, was uh, All-American, I believe, in one publication and led the nation in punting at 48 yards per attempt last season. Uh, that's not net. Net was around 44. You look at the fact that the Badgers, their average field position was their own 29. Alabama's was their own 30. So you always wish a little bit more, obviously, to get better field position, but it was an extremely lopsided. And then on top of that, they did keep Stavi upright for the most part. The pass protection was, was decent. They only allowed three sacks, which could have been worse, but that's also uh, a testament to Chris' play calling. You saw Stavi deliver the ball quickly, and uh, and now it, you're looking at the fact that uh, with um, you know he got the ball out, and hey, uh, he avoided a lot of he avoided a lot of the pressure quickly. So. Uh, what we'll do, you know, uh, we'll see how they progress now they've taken on the Miami uh, of Ohio Redhawks, and uh, we'll see how the line looks, especially in that run game. Uh, if Clement right now, you're looking at, I mean, the two big injuries is Mike Caputo. Right now it's, it sounds like he's expected to come back. Uh, we'll play that audio from defensive coordinator Dave Aranda in just one minute. But also you're looking at the simple fact that Corey Clement, the junior running back, tweaked 
a groin injury on Tuesday, last Tuesday during practice, and he tweaked it. You could tell he wasn't full go and only had 16 yards on eight carries. And the longest was actually his first run of the night for five yards out of that 21 personnel with Austin Trailer and, and Derek Watt in the backfield in kind of a uh, a flex bone or wishmark. Yeah, but kind of just a looked like three backs in there, but Trailer was actually a tight end. So uh, we'll see how that running game progresses, how many touches Clement gets, and then uh, especially with Ogunbowale, Daria Ogunbowale, and Taiwan deal. We'll see how uh, they progress. But you have to also like the simple fact, too, with the positives. That passing game, uh, they spread the ball out. It looks like, two, I believe, it was eight different receivers. Uh, Ogunbowale uh, converted with Stave and a couple of throws for first downs. Uh, you saw uh, Austin Trailer get in the mix, three catches, 39 yards, including that nice 20 yard catch. And, and you saw with Stave, just aside from the stats, just the anticipation of the throws uh, to Erickson that you saw delivering that ball crisply. I think it's a good sign for for the Badgers uh, on that note. Uh, with that, uh, let's take you to defensive coordinator Dave Randa. He'll talk about it, and, and like the defensive coordinator is normally done, and, and you have to give him uh, a lot of props for doing this as well. Is that he he likes to, he takes the blame when they have a bad performance. You saw that uh, against Ohio State last year, against Penn State the year before. Uh, he takes the blame a lot. Uh, which, I mean, it, it's a sign of a good defensive coordinator sticking up for his players, but uh, he talks about that at length. But then he also, around the two-minute mark, which is going to be coming up uh, in just a second, he talks about him expecting uh, Mike Caputo to play. So let's uh, pop that in there. About four, got about four minutes. We'll come back. I'll give my predictions for the game, recap that. We'll play some audio from Vince Beagle and Dakota Dixon, and we'll wrap it up within the half hour, guys. So this is Bucky's fifth quarter, the Kabasa King Sports Extravaganza. Here's defensive coordinator Dave Aranda from earlier Wednesday. Aranda. I'm just curious if there was a similar feeling looking at this tape. It was. Yeah, there was. There, um, you know, I take responsibility for it. We should have gotten our, our guys in a better position to, to make plays and to be sound. So, you know, I, I think the blame's on myself, but we had breakdowns in our run fits. We had breakdowns in tackling, and prior to the game, I would have said as much work as we put in tackling. Tackling would be a strong suit for the game, and so that would be a false statement. So you know, there's things to definitely work on. We've been working on them up to this point, and so uh, I expect to see a lot of improvement in this next game. The breakdowns, guys not being in the right gap, mm-hmm. sometimes it's because of guys in motion and their eyes are in the wrong place. What are what were the issues for you guys, you thought, for the most part? Uh, there was some of that. I think, you know, um, going in the game, didn't really know what direction they were going to run, where they were going to go. Was it going to be spread? Was it going to be tempo? Was it going to be two back, uh, take a shot, grind it out? And so we really repped for all of those things. And I think what we saw was was tempo, but we saw more spread or ten looks than uh, what we had prepped for. There was nothing in their tape that had shown that. So. We were seeing new plays um, with new players at a fast tempo, and so uh, that had something to do with it. But I, you know, I take responsibility for it, though. You know, uh, you could see there was some uneasiness with the fits, and so we simplified the calling right after that to go to base as quickly as possible and try to alleviate, alleviate some of that. But I mean, uh, 
I can do a better job of getting guys clear. Dave, are you expecting Caputo to play this week at this point? I am. Really? Yeah. Uh, any concerns about anything lingering? You know? No, he's been great. You know, he was great on the uh, he was great on the sideline during the game. He gave me all the play-by-plays of the the big plays we're giving up. So he was he's pretty coherent on the sideline. He's been great ever since, and he's eager to go. And I'm looking forward to having him. You know, he's been. Everything's been positive up to this point. Has he made it through the protocol to be cleared yet, though, or is that still in That That's ongoing right now. Okay. So far, so good. But he did practice today? Yes. Contact. Correct. To coach on the field, is that something that you noticed maybe not long after you were just that last Correct. Yeah, the, it slows down for him. You know, I, I think, like, today is a good example. Today we had... Um, short yards, goal line intro. Today we had third down intro. Today we had red zone intro. And I think there's so much time you have in a meeting to detail all those things. And you do your best to detail it all and the main points you do. But there's some um, uh, some no- a knowledge base that can help when it's on the field and you see a certain look or a certain situation. A knowledge base on the field can say, hey, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And when you're, all, when you're new and you don't have that base, difficult to get to that point. Caputo definitely brings you brings you that. And so uh, you know, I'm looking forward to having him back and seeing him play. It's unfortunate that was the third play, you know, but yeah, I go back to that play. That was a wrong fit. You know, there's uh, there's a linebacker supposed to have an A gap fit. He didn't go in the A gap. And Caputo should have never been in that situation. If he would have fitted that play right, he would have he wouldn't have been hurt on that play anyway. So trickle effect with all that stuff and we're able to get it fixed. Paul also talked about leveraging the ball. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue on that? And guys, that was defensive, guys, that was defensive coordinator Dave Aranda talking with reporters. As you heard, he does expect Mike Caputo to play. And, and you meant you heard from Caputo earlier in the podcast just talking about the simple fact that how uh, he, you know, he, he feels good about it, and, and hopefully he he'll uh, go and uh, and at least suit up and get in some plays there. So uh, we'll see how Caputo does. We'll see how much they need him. And now we're gonna take you to Vince Beagle, senior our junior outside linebacker, talking about performance there. Always a good guy to talk to. We talk about hairstyles. We talk about what they learned against the Alabama defense. And and before we even get to that, let's talk about at least. You had those assignments that were missed. You had the gap assignments, and and you even mentioned that uh, you heard what Arando had said uh, regarding the uh, the A gap. If, if if they align right better, you're looking at the fact that Caputo's not even needed for that play to to, to clean it up. So uh, they cleaned that up, uh, and also the missed tackles. Paul Chris mentioned there were 17 of them on Saturday night, but bright spots. You look at Joe Schobert, 13 tackles. You had the simple fact that he had four tackles for a loss, two sacks, really helped the defense. T.J. Edwards was another one, redshirt freshman, making his first start. Talk about baptism by fire, uh, him and Dakota Dixon, when Dixon had to be thrown in there for when Caputo went out for the game. Twelve tackles, uh, made an impact there, was around the ball. Good to see him step up, and Chris mentioned him. Soldier and Shelton had a couple of good pass breakups. 
uh, asserted himself nicely. Uh, it was a good start, a good confidence builder for the rest of the 2015 season. But then you also had, uh, Chris mentioned Dakota Dixon, and you uh, you mentioned a bunch of different players have actually mentioned how Dixon uh, impressed on uh, on Saturday night, especially stepping in uh, and, and maybe not necessarily having that experience, of course, of that Caputo has, has had now being a three-year starter that he will be. But let's talk with Vince Beagle. He has some great things to say about Dakota Dixon along with uh, going in and playing the first home game of the year. We're here with Vince Beagle, outside linebacker for the Wisconsin Badgers. And Vince, uh, obviously a, a tough game on Saturday, but uh, what did you guys learn uh, from, from the game against Alabama and what are you guys hoping to, uh, to, to improve upon coming up against Miami of Ohio? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing we learned is that we're a good football team. Um, that score did not represent, you know, the the characters on this team the, and where we're going as a team. So um, Badger fans don't have to worry that or be disappointed on what this team is about to bring this season. Um, I have full confidence in our team. Um, what we saw on last Saturday was mistakes by our defense. Um, and, you know, speaking from a defense standpoint, things that can be corrected and um, I think you're going to see that this Saturday is getting things corrected in the you know middle of the defense getting things corrected on the outside you know and just cleaning up stuff and uh, making that defense thrive. And, and with that uh, with when Mike went out uh, Mike Caputo went out with, with the head injury yeah. uh, how, what responsibilities did you guys have in terms of communicating with the defense how did you guys work on that uh, and, and obviously you had to adjust and, and shift to, to accommodate that that change right I mean losing Mike was a huge loss for us uh, but I think um, you know each player right when Mike went out it, it was we understood we had to we had to make go that extra step that extra mile to to kind of make up for Mike and um, I thought Dakota Dixon who filled in for Mike um, did an excellent job you know given his limited reps and practice and so forth but um, you know really excited about just kind of moving on this next week to Ohio Guys have been getting a lot of reps, not just the first, the second, third string guys. So, you know, we'll be ready to roll, you know, top top to bottom on the depth chart. You talked about Dakota Dixon. What did, what did impressed you about him in terms of play? You had eight tackles uh, yep. third on the team on Saturday. What what impressed you about him and obviously being thrust into a, uh, a big situation like that? Um, handling the situation uh, to the best of his ability. It's, uh, can you imagine now just getting limited pra- practice reps, third play in the game, okay, and being thrust into the now starting position against arguably one of the best teams in college football. Biggest stage, Jerry Jones Stadium, uh, college game days there. I mean, that is a humongous uh, opportunity in a stage for a, for a young guy like him, and I thought he did a great job stepping in, you know, playing with his technique, understanding his assignment, and going out there and doing the best he can. And then now moving forward, obviously coming back to Camp Randall, how are you feeling? Uh, first home game of the year, obviously in front of the friends. Uh, how excited are you, and how excited is the team? I'm extremely excited. You know, I can speak for myself. Uh, I'm excited to go back out there and play in front of Camp Randall. It's, Camp Randall is a special place to me. It always will be a special place. And to go out there um, this Saturday and play in front of them is a, is a blessing. I don't ever take it for granted. Andrew. Here with Vince Beagle. And, and Vince, last question. Are you keeping the W on the side of the head in the lightning bolt? <laughs> Are you changing something up coming Saturday? I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, we'll see what piques my interest. It could change. It could could stay the same. We'll have to see. Excellent. Guys, that was Vince Beagle, outside linebacker for the Wisconsin Badgers. 
and always a treat talking with him. He had he had a good game as well, and we'll see how this defense rebounds. And then we'll keep it easy. And just to give you some quick game notes uh, before we head out uh, today, uh, and, and thank you guys for listening. Obviously, it's a little bit of a shortened podcast. We uh, Polish Rifle Scott Wisniewski uh, was on assignment, had to take care of something. Uh, we'll preview the Packers Bears at another time uh, if we have time this week. But really, we're going to talk uh, and let's let's just take a look real quick at some of the the game notes going through just to preview. Have a little bit of fun. I already mentioned it's the first meeting between the two schools ever. Ever. Uh, so, uh, well, and there's really you know obviously the you, from what we had heard. The Red Hawks from more of a spread look from what they're saying. Uh, we'll see how the Badgers, it's, it'll be a different type of look compared to what Lane Kiffin threw them. Uh, we'll see if there's some pace to them. You heard Aranda talk about the pace that they had given, uh, that they had shown at times. And Dakota Dixon, after the game, said they went to more of a pace. We'll get to Dixon's comments in just a little bit. But uh, just some quick things. Obviously, it's at Camp Randall Stadium. It'll be on ESPNU. Saturday at 11 a.m., Clay uh, Matt Vick uh, will be on the call. And obviously on the Badger Radio Network, Matt LePay, Mike Lucas, and former walk-on and former Green Bay Packer, Mark Tosher, will be there. And uh, a couple quick things. Uh, Paul Christ makes his debut as head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, but the Wisconsin posted a record of 44-7 and uh, at Camp Randall during Christ's tenure as offensive coordinator, which was from 2005 to 2011. You're looking at the fact that UW's won 32 consecutive non-conference home games, which is the eighth longest streak in NCAA history. And uh, Joel Stave, just you know, obviously had a good game. Uh, we'll start his 30th game at Wisconsin on Saturday, and he completed, like you said, 30, 26 of 39 for 228 yards and two touchdowns. He is the sixth player in school history with at least 5,000 yards. And also, you know, you're looking at the simple fact, too, that uh, Stave uh, is, is working his way up the charts uh, in terms of the – I mentioned this in our game notes that we had uh, a little while ago uh, on Saturday before the game where he's close. Uh, obviously, he's fifth all-time with 21 wins as a starting quarterback. His 724 win percentage is fourth best all-time. Right now, he's number three in school history with two touchdown passes. Uh, with his 39 touchdown passes, the two that he had Saturday made a big difference. Uh, he's number three all time for pass completions. Uh, he's tied with Brooks Bollinger, and he's fifth all time with 5,176 passing yards. Uh, I love game notes, by the way. The most obscure stats in the world, and they work. Uh, and he's, you know, with um, his passing efficiency rating of 131.9, sixth best all time. So. Uh, he had a good game. Obviously, you don't want to blow it out of the water too much, just because it is one game. He could have, a, you know, he had a good game, a solid game against a great defense and an elite defense. But what will happen? Uh, you never know. That's why they play football. He could have a terrible game against Miami, Ohio. You don't want to, but you don't want to think about that. But if it's a good base, what he did against Alabama, imagine what he can do against other defenses that they will not face the caliber of Alabama's defense the rest of the year. Minnesota will be a tough defense at the end of the regular season. Nebraska's could be as well. But you're not the Badgers' offense will not face another opponent the likes of Alabama unless they reach the Big Ten championship game. If, if, 
either Michigan State or Ohio State play, that's when you'll they'll have to face that again, and we'll see how far they really come. On that note, uh, big before we get going, before we get Dakota Dixon going uh, with the audio that we I spoke with him a little earlier this afternoon. Real quick, congratulations to kicker Andrew Endicott receiving a scholarship. He was a walk-on from California. Was just informed that he received a scholarship um, this in the past week. So congratulations to him. Uh, he is the kicker that does most of the kickoffs uh, on the kickoff unit, uh, and, and he's improved in the past year, and congrats to him uh, on that mark. And just as an FYI on that, it's an impressive mark, really. You're looking at the fact that uh, with this, uh, let me find the note real quick on this. You're looking at the fact that with Right now, there are 12 players on the roster that are former walk-ons that have received scholarships. That include Stave, Schobert, Drew Meyer, um, you know, uh, long snapper, uh, you know, um, Dario Gumbawale, running back Joe Ferguson, actually, who is the, if you guys don't know, the grandson of Barry Alvarez, director of athletics. Uh, Troy Fumagalli was actually a walk-on, based on these notes. Uh, Jack Sitchi, Gumbawale. Ryan Connolly uh, and Endicott all uh, and Xander Newville, uh, those guys received scholarships in the in the summer and into the fall camp. So, uh, as of 1990, Badgers have awarded 90 walk-ons with scholarships, and 16 of those players have started their college careers as uh, walk-ons that they've now gone on to the NFL. So that is impressive. Uh, on that note, we're going to wrap it up nicely. Uh, Previous to the game, I think, you know, I'll wrap it up here with the keys of the game. I think one is just getting back to the basics, like Paul Chris said, with the with the running running game and the offensive game. Get pad level, get movement, and then also in pass protection, protect Joel Stave. They do that, they can get and they can get to the second level of that defense, put some helmet on helmet. Like I mentioned in my game notes in my preview last weekend, Badgers have a good shot, uh, obviously against their MAC opponent. So, uh, and they should, uh, I'm not saying they will be interesting to see, because obviously you thought they would do the same against Western Illinois last year, and Western Illinois seemed like they had 13 guys in the box uh, out of 11 that should be on the field. Uh, But uh, on top of that, I think the Badgers just making sure, I said back to basics on defense, gap assignments, making sure that they have communication, like Joe Schobert said after the game. Uh, And on top of that, uh, just uh, forced turnovers. Uh, you're looking at the fact that that defense causes mayhem, uh, and they want to see ball, get ball mentality. You didn't see that really against Alabama, but uh, maybe they do some things against Miami, Ohio, uh, to start generating those turnovers uh, that are key to winning the contests. Uh, and also uh, just making sure with uh, making sure they're playing healthy uh, in terms of Caputo, Clement. If those guys can stay healthy and obviously play, they'll contribute to the fact. But if they don't, having those guys step up like Ogunbowale, Taiwan Deal, on offense uh, in place of Clement, and also on defense, Dakota Dixon uh, and, and and Tanner McAvoy, who looks from, according to reports from like Jeff Patricus and others, looks like he'll get some looks at safety coming up. So on that note, we're going to end it today. Uh, like I said, I'll be at Camp Randall Stadium covering the game. 11 a.m. kickoff, ESPNU. If you guys can't make it down to Camp Randall Stadium, uh, we will return uh, at the very least this upcoming weekend. Do our post game uh, in terms of our post game podcast. Uh, hopefully on a Sunday, uh, we'll probably talk some Packers and Bears if we can't do the preview uh, coming up 
So on that note, uh, guys, take care. Have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the cooler weather for those of you in Wisconsin. Uh, here's Dakota Dixon. Uh, we'll end it there. Those of you, my friends. This is the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's fifth quarter. We're here with sophomore safety Dakota Dixon. And, and Dakota, you had a, a, you know, eight tackles on, on Saturday. And I know that when you spoke with reporters after the game, you said it was the hardest game you've had. Uh, looking back, though, a few days later, how are you feeling? Uh, and uh, it seems like it was a big growing experience, but uh, a successful one. Yeah. Um, it was a... Uh, I wouldn't say it's successful. I feel like it was more learning for me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, practice is not. It doesn't matter how hard you go in practice. I feel like game speed and game tempo is something else. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, like you find another edge about yourself, and that's one thing I learned about myself. I was tired a lot of the times, but I found an edge, kind of keep pushing, you know, and things like that to give me that extra boost, that extra kick. How long, how long did it take for you to get to get into that into that mode uh, when you were thrusted in after Mike was was injured? Um, about a few plays. It took me a couple of plays. I was I was a little nervous at first, anxious, you know. Um, but once you get in there and you like focusing, you know, about trying to win, and it's about it's just like practice. You, know, you just read your keys and you play hard. You know what I'm saying? Effort. You can't beat effort. That's all I can do. And, and with that, uh, you, uh, going forward now, uh, Mike, I know obviously he's going through the concussion protocol. Like, what are you going through this week, and what are you guys seeing in Miami of Ohio uh, with their offense? Um, they're, they're the spread-type team. They, they try to spread the ball out. They uh, passes. They take shots down the field. So it should be an interesting game for the defensive backs, for the DBs. Um, that's what we love, you know, so... We just got to capitalize, you know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of recognition, uh, formation-based things, stuff like that. Um, route patterns, we've been studying on them. Um, you know, it's just things that we like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Interceptions. <laughs> turnovers, you know, anything. Any turnovers, amazing. The present, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> With that, uh, are you getting a lot of, like, I know Mike's going through the concussion protocol, and I know, I think Coach uh, Randall's videos in the notes. Jersey, uh, getting rough with the ones. Uh, how's that helping with you? And obviously, uh, how are the other secondary mates? Uh, you guys communicating, and, and how's that uh, relationship growing? Um, it's going well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mike practiced. He practiced today. He, he's been practicing well. You know what I'm saying? He's been fast, been running around, flying to the ball. So he looks fine to me. I thought he was fine the day of Alabama game when he was on the sideline. Oh, I mean, but yeah, like you said, it's protocol, so I, he'll be back this week. And you know, how much did he help on Saturday? He helped me tremendously. I mean, I didn't like I said, I was I was thrown into the hot lava. I felt <laughs> I didn't I did what I just wasn't expecting it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, like my coach always talks about, you never know when it's your moment or when it's your last play. So like it just put things into perspective. That like wow, actually like my first debut game was against the number three team in the nation. I would have never, against Alabama, that team I grew up watching, Julio Jones and Mark Ingram, great players go through, like, with great programs. And um, I ended up playing against them my debut game. So it was just kind of extraordinary. It was, it's a game I'll never forget.